Shop and Maniacs. You are listening to another episode of Shop Talk Show Podcast all about websites. I'm Dave Rupert. With me is Chris Coyer. Hey, Chris, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, yeah. We got two special guests on today, both of which I believe we met through the Shop Talk Show Discord, right? I, I mean, maybe we would have known each other in some other way, but certainly that has solidified our relationships, wouldn't you say? We have Andrew... Walpole. Did I say it right? I'm sorry. I should have said it right before the show. All good. Andrew, you are, um, it's your name.com. We'll put the links in there. You got a, a blog kick in there and stuff, but your, your main thing in life perhaps is that you're the director of web development at some place called Traina, right? Like a, which is agency. And so we thought right. almost inevitably during this show we'll we'll end up get into the dat agency life thing a little oh, yeah. bit. Yeah. And then and then and then Alex Revere. Hey, Alex. Did I do Hello. that one good? Yeah. You got it perfect. <laughs> uh Ah, so good is that um i think i think maybe when we met you you weren't at Trina yet and then became at Trina. is that how that went down yeah yeah it was uh i've, I've jumped around a couple of jobs uh the last couple of years and so it's been uh it's been interesting <laughs> so this is like a, a a discord workplace uh bromance you know yeah. it's uh, uh <laughs> it, it totally was you know i hired alex straight from the discord yeah there yeah, you go nice. yeah that works out that's great well that's cool and you're and what is what is trainer like 30 people maybe and did i am i in the you ballpark yeah yeah we're about 30 uh we are really more of a branding first agency so uh, but we've got a really? re- it's kind of interesting because we've got a really strong dev team. So small but strong, um, just five of us, and we knock out sites for all our clients who mostly come to us in the first place for branding. But we sort of surprise them in the end with, "Hey, here's a really good site." Interesting. So uh, branding like somebody's like, "I have a new like." chocolate or something and we got a name but we need like a logo and a you know help us tell the story all that kind of stuff it's not necessarily i just need a website yeah even if you don't have a name we do naming so we have a full strategy team uh and and so exactly what you're saying like it might be a, a larger brand that has some new product that they're just like we know that engineering is going to build this box and we don't know what to do with it <laughs> when it's built. Uh, so, so we come in and we strategize on what you need to do and then we make it look pretty. And then we figure out how you need to launch digitally um, is really the big focus that our team has. And then, and then for smaller companies too, you know, we're not a huge agency uh, maybe yet. So, so we also, you know, the primary branding of, of a company who's just either a bit outdated and needs to compete or you're a brand new, maybe well-funded startup. So it really ranges quite a bit and it, it gives us some very interesting projects to work on. I'm definitely surprised every time like I hear about something that we're working on. Cause it's always like, like I it's, it, I'm, it's very regularly a thing where I'm like, wait, we do that as well. Like what, what, <laughs> what else do we do so i'm always i'm i'm relatively new to the company and i'm still stunned every single time that i hear something that we're working on it's it's kind of funny like naming you'd think like oh i name stuff all the time you know i but like when you have to name a company there's kind of some hoops you know like maybe 
just maybe a nuclear parts manufacturer in the state of Texas has the name you want and you can't use that or get a trademark on it because then you'll just be sued into the ground. That's a bad position for a small budding company. So as I've found out, so, (laughs) (laughs) so, uh, yeah, so you just can't do that stuff. So, yeah. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. So I I think the agency stuff will, will show up as we continue to talk in this, but we're also all, you know, shop talk shows kind of a web development kind of focused show. And that's what you two bring, uh, bring to the agency anyway, not that you couldn't evolve into, you know, maybe you got, y'all will turn into the naming experts. I don't know, but for now it's mostly, view right <laughs> i mean we're, we're across the board on on platform i mean you know you, you asked us to come on and i was like uh what are we going to talk about like because our world it's it spans such a wide gamut of things i i would say if you really want to draw a hard line there's wordpress and not wordpress because you still get a lot of clients coming to you that's just like it's gonna be wordpress uh, because, you know, they have a marketing manager and maybe that marketing manager is the main point of contact and they are comfortable in that that world or their existing site is there and, and you don't want to pull them out of their comfort zone or they're not willing to be pulled out of that comfort zone. Um, and that's OK, you know, it, as long as it makes sense for what they're doing, um, I, I think it works fine. And so we we live pretty heartily in in WordPress a lot of the time. and. But then what I'm really looking for when a new client comes on is, is like, are, are you going to be the not WordPress client? Cause I like, I need, I need at least a little bit of that in my life, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you know, for, for a couple of reasons. Yeah. I love doing view. Uh, if we can push somebody towards, towards a next site, uh, that's always a pleasure to build in. It's fast. Uh, you get up and running with the project quickly. You can iterate quickly. Um, you know, it's just a joy from a development perspective to do. And then the other one is Eleventy. Like we do a lot of Eleventy sites. Probably more. Like if somebody comes to me with a campaign, I'll be like, "How dynamic do you need this to be? Because if you if you want a nice, fast, quick campaign site, like Eleventy just delivers the static site that you need." Um, and, and it's mm. been wonderful. That's so interesting. So, but how many pages until you reach for an 11 D it's not, so it's not dynamic, even though even that's arbitrary, right? Like you could make it a little dynamic and can, it's not like 11 D demands that your site has no JavaScript or whatever, but like it, you know, it, it, it's made to build pages. Right. And if it's like three mm-hmm. pages, then it's like, Oh, well, why bother? You know, I mean, I I've used it on one page sites. I, I, there's there are a lot of a lot of different factors that come into play when you're working with a client where you just you tend to to get into survivalist mode where it's like, what's the unexpected thing the client is going to bring in the 11th hour, uh, you know, and yeah. it's not their fault, but it you know, it's like the business, you know, there's a new business insight that has finally trickled down that just didn't get hit before that. Oh, we need this in three languages, you know, and if it's in 11 I can just point it at a different JSON file with all my different language strings so quickly and easily. And it'll just generate off of one single template, you know, all the different language pages you need something like that. You know, if you were doing it just full static hand coded, 
you'd you'd be in a little bit of of trouble you know you'd be in for a late night or something to to get that going so <laughs> try to just think about all those different things and and get to know the clients really well so that you can kind of understand hey what might you need like maybe i don't have to put a lot of effort into making sure that'll be available but hey if it happens you know uh, we can we can make it work. It's almost like a build process as as defense. I love I love that because sometimes it's talked about. Or I think there's some momentum towards think like, oh, build processes are so finicky, right? There's like this good chance that I'm building a site and I come back to it a month later and it just doesn't it doesn't run locally mm-hmm. because I don't know maybe I changed my Node version or who knows what other kind of little crap can go Chokadar wrong. Chokadar actually- two point one three. It's always Chokadar two point one three. <laughs> I'm afraid it's Nokoguri in my life. Oh, Nokoguri yeah, okay. is the, yeah. is the we, we had that we had that the other day. Our SAS on something wasn't compiling, and I spent like hours going, why isn't this working and trying to fix it? Turns out I just needed to update our SAS version, and it was... Oof. Uh, it fixed the whole thing. It was an actual bug in SAS. I, I had the opposite one. I updated SAS, and it exploded. SAS <laughs> 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 6 to 7 was a bad jump for my situation, but... Um, yeah. Well, but but so sometimes that's not defensive. Sometimes doing that causes you more grief because then you have to have Alex come in and look at your stupid <laughs> process because it's all broken. But it's also defensive. Like if you have no build process, then you, you're not ready for curveballs because chances are a curveball is going to require some kind of something <laughs> that gets thrown in the overall bucket of a tool. That needs to get put into a tool chain. I had a client here who's like, oh, it's just simple site, simple site, five, five pages. But yeah, I'm like, perfect, let's go. Oh, BT dubs. We ha- we collect quotes and we put them on there. There's like a thousand testimonials, you know, and we don't need them all. <laughs> and I was just like, huh? <laughs> you know, um, that's a lot more than I intended. And so I uh, had budgeted for it. But yeah, like, so then Eleventy can just chew through it. Just says, okay, yeah, thousand whatevers, I'll do it. Just send me a spreadsheet, literally, like just export, save as CSV, you know? Yeah. And then what would you do? Would you, would you, can you excel to MD? Yeah. Yeah. And just chew through it. You just treat it as a data, put it in the data folder as a CSV and then. You're oh, off. Oh, can read CSVs. Oh, well, you yeah, know, who knew? Not me. The business world knows. The bi- <laughs> Those of us who've done client services know, Chris. <laughs> we've done dirty things. We've done inappropriate, <laughs> very big crimes. So, yes. Okay. Well, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, a lot of big names of the stuff that that you work on too. So, views a pleasure for both of you. That's pretty good uh, alignment. I, I think that's very funny that it's like, all right, I'll do WordPress if I have to, kind of thing. Admitting that it sometimes is kind of the right answer, but it doesn't mean I love it, you know, or it doesn't mean that it's a it's a pleasure to work in. Certainly, you don't get the like hot module reloading and all that niceties. Well, so actually, fun fact: we have a very nice WordPress setup that uh, I was when I when I showed up, I was like, oh, okay, WordPress, they'll make yeah. it into this. They showed me their WordPress setup, and I got a repo, downloaded it in five minutes. I had staging on my machine. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, nice. I was and I, I was super impressed. And I was like, there's some improvements we can make here, but this is really 
Nice. So we have a really good setup for WordPress, which is uh, like, I'm always stunned by it. Like, it's always like, yeah, this is actually really nice to work in. Is it one of those like twig and does it have a bunch of like opinionated (laughs) stuff like that? We just added twig actually. Did you really? Hey, that we're sticking okay. our toes into into twig and, and timber, which I think makes it really easy. Um, I I think I tried tried to get twig going a couple of times uh, in the in the past and and sort of failed and and yeeted out of that and and said another day. Mm-hmm. Um, but with uh, timber, which is a plugin for WordPress that adds twig pretty nicely, uh, and then there's a there's like a second plugin that that is pretty nice. Uh, and it's really funny, just sort of as an aside, like if you really dig into it, like Timber is, it, I, I relate to it so much because you go and you sort of figure out the story of like how this plugin came to be and was built. And it's like, it's just another agency needed to make their process faster and better and and more efficient. And so they built this plugin and, and made it open. And th- those are the really like, nice moments i think like just as a developer it's like yeah you're 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 making money with your clients and and you're you're producing that product but then like to connect with the broader you know audience of everyone you know you can write about what you're doing and share some insights there or like you can write some code and make it public and and like share it with everyone else to to gain some proficiencies and that's exactly what we're seeing right now sort of dipping our toes into it's it's such a I am so overlooking at PHP code. Like, like PHP is great. It, it's it's a good language, but I just don't like to look at it. It just it it makes me ill to look at it for too long. And and switching over to Twig over the last couple of months has been really nice. Doesn't it? Isn't is the main point you would say that it gives all of your like view files a controller so that they're no longer just like one you don't just make a single dot php there's like a single controller that does all your php stuff and then it's really separates it from the view it's like there's no logic in the view anymore or is that uh, i don't know i would i would say that yeah it's it's part of that i think the other piece too is we're we're really bought into acf blocks so advanced custom fields blocks uh we have not taken the plunge into like full react based blocks there's just there's a lot of overhead and i think the product that you're left with is is uh, Mm. a, a little tough to deal with so we've very heavily leaned on them and and what this uh plugin does is it lets you add uh, it really just name a twig file inside of a specific folder and you've got an ACF block and, and you can register it through a comment. And it's just sort of like a almost like a single file component type setup. Um, uh, that was really the the sell for me on that. The twig gives you like a, it gives you like, like, um, I don't know, like a liquidy syntax, right? Instead of like PHP yeah. stuff. And yeah. so you're just kind of dealing with hopefully like, pure data, right? You're not like big old whatever string manipulation functions inside your uh inside your post template, right? Yeah. And and there there's some stuff that we're you know picking up on with uh Twig has the ability to make macros, which is kind of like it's sort of like writing a function or like a composable, you know, 
reusable bit of like HTML essentially where you can pass in parameters and then reuse it and import it all over the place. And so we're experimenting with those as well because we're we're still trying to figure out like, okay, what is the best That's workflow nice. for this? And so you can sort of write a function in Twig and then import it into another Twig and then just be like, oh, display this bit of stuff here um and it's it's just really that sounds worth it because yeah. i always have a folder called parts in my wordpress theme which, which mm -hmm. are just like reusable little things like here's where we spit out like the author and the date and we use that a lot so it'll be called author and date not php but a g php generally that's not a function that's just a file right so like if you want to pass stuff to it you just like set globals and hope that where you imported <laughs> it you know just works it's but it's much more satisfying passing actual values to something you know like i don't know almost like emotionally as a developer like i'm giving you data please use the data that i'm giving you feels better i'm so surprised though that you haven't you know another route y'all could take is just is to embrace the view thing even in wordpress land be like nope screw it we're going you know we're gonna still build nux sites but every wordpress we deal with we're gonna you know whatever install the graphql plugin or just use rest or whatever and just pluck data from wordpress that way and never never build in php you know uh we've talked about it some uh, i know that much yeah I think quite a bit. I think we're we're on. I mean, I mean, from my perspective, I I would like to be on the pathway to that. Um, I, I think there are some hurdles that we keep hitting um, that we sort of want to to try to cleverly solve. Um, and then I think we've also done some things that that are a little bit you know intermediary, which is uh, we've really embraced petite view. Uh, quite a bit. Uh, and it is Ooh. a great add-on to WordPress for interactive bits. Um, I think we've we've got a decent uh, pattern for doing uh, progressive enhancement with it, where, you know, let WordPress render the first version of it, but now I need to make it interactive. So hand it off to Petite View to almost recreate it, but make it interactive. Um, and that that works out really nicely. Uh, I think ultimately, though, what I would really love to see, and, and I don't think this is on anyone's to-do list, I would love it to be, but, you know, make PHP render view components. I would love a uh, PHP SSR of for view. Um, mm -hmm. It would unlock so much. And I think I think it would be mutually beneficial, like not just like beneficial to WordPress people, but beneficial to to view in that it would it would really make it stand out in another angle. Um, I think you see most of the main frameworks really just targeting node SSR uh, as it becomes more popular to, to have that capability. Um, but, you know, there's still a big audience out there doing PHP stuff, whether they like it or not. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I, I think it's really interesting. Oh, <laughs> You know, there's a lot, I guess, like, all the hacker news heroes, right, are, like, these mega specialists. They get to, like, I'm, like, whatever, writing bun, which is based on Zig, you know? I'm, like, everyone knows that. Um, so I'm making bun based on Zig. And everyone's, like, damn, I love Zig, you know? Um, wish I would have thought of that. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like there's kind of this subtle, I don't know, slight or, or 
people don't appreciate the like generalist skills of somebody in like an agency where it's like, Hey, to this week, you need to know WordPress next week. You got to know 11 really well. And then, oh, okay, this has a view front end and that one's actually a react front end. And so like, you're just kind of in this, like you, you kind of not Jack of all trades sounds like a, a, <laughs> a bad thing, but it's, it's more like you just have such a broad exposure to stuff. You're kind of reinventing yourself every couple few projects, you know? So I, I think that's really cool that I don't know. I, I just think it's under undervalued in our industry that uh, that developers can have broad skill sets. So. Does it make you tough? Does it make you strong? Like I always thought it kind of, it's kind of cool that it's like, oh, you, you've had exposure to so many different technologies. I definitely want to work with you or I definitely would think of that as a plus on your resume. I mean, like, look at what they've seen. That's amazing. But, you know. I, I I don't know. Is it is it always that way, or is there a world they're like, yeah, but it also makes you not a deep deep expert on any of it, or is that a lie? I I think I think it makes you really really resilient to the idea of of being afraid to tackle problems. Like you know, I think when you when you're consistently changing mindsets and having to tackle new but very different problems. Uh, it it gets you into a rhythm of kind of having to start from scratch, and and I think that that builds up your your resilience to saying yes uh, or, or or saying no. I guess in the sense of of like you know somebody says okay we need to do this, all right. It just takes time. That's all. That's all I need to do is I can spend enough time and it will work. Um, you know, <laughs> and then you have to, then you, then you just have to weigh like, well, is that, is that time equitable, um, from a, from a couple of perspectives, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think it's really important to, to put yourself in a, in a place to be tackling new different things that are kind of scary because if you keep solving the same problem over and over again, sure, you get really good at it. Um, but but I, I think, you know, there's a little bit of like muscle atrophy in like understanding the, the whole landscape of everything. Yeah, that's a complicated one. Yeah. Is that hard? Like, because I, I feel feel like I kind of dealt with that. It was like, oh, cool. I get to do Rails again. Rails has changed in the five years or three years, two years, one years since I went to it last. And so uh, do you ever struggle with that? It's like you hop into a craft CMS project today or something. Is it like, what? Or is it like, I know, I know this. Is it, <laughs> what is it? Like, this is Linux. I know this from <laughs> Independence Day or whatever. Uh, yeah, it's one of those where I know with like new projects, there's a lot of me like sitting and just like reading code and going like, what is this? Where did, where did this function come from? What is... Who wrote that? Where did this? Is that because it's like not code you wrote or your agency wrote or possibly? Yeah, or? I mean, and it, it sort of depends on the code base. I, my first job was at a different web agency that I had a lot of code bases that were just like, I need a new feature on my website. Well, what is your website written in? It's written in website. Uh, okay. And they would <laughs> hand it off to me and I would have to figure out what was happening and how to add things to it. And so I have like, I, I can like dig through and like figure out how code works. And so that's how my brain works. And so like coming into a new system, as long as it like isn't 
too magical and it has some documentation somewhere, I can, I tend to be able to just like figure it out. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of just sort of like digging in code for me where I'm like, okay, we're calling this thing. Where is that? Did we write that? Is that from a plugin? Is that like part of the core system? Is this a PHP thing I just don't know about? Like, what? what is it? <laughs> um, you kind of have to, like, build a mental model of how you're kind of reverse engineering, but you're inside, so it's not quite reverse, but you're, like, rebuilding a mental model of how it all yeah. comes together. I'm fi- I go in, When I go into a code base, I go figure out where all the bathrooms are first so that I know wh- where <laughs> I need to, when I need to go somewhere, I know where to... <laughs> That's a very awesome analogy. <laughs> Wow, I hadn't heard that one. That's very good. Um, That's what you do. First day on a job, you you figure out where the bathroom is. That's your job that day is figuring out where the bathroom is. That's a fair point. I'm going to tell my kids that when they go back to school. (laughs) Do you have an IDE that helps you? That's what it makes me think about in my little journey of learning Go. That's all I do now. There's nothing you can't hover over, man. You can hover over anything it will tell you exactly what it is whereas uh ruby does not have that luxury i'm afraid i i am a big um i'm a big jet brains person i really love all of their stuff everybody else at the company yeah. i think uses vs code no that's not true i have we have some other people who are using adam i think still but um i know that i'm a, I'm a big jet brains person so PHP nice. Storm, and, which is known for that. Like, yeah, they yeah. built their fortunes on <laughs> hovering it is worth and clicking every through, dollar. Right? Yeah. This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you in part by Notion. You can get started for free at Notion.com slash Shop Talk. My favorite way to use Notion is to have everybody on your team use Notion to organize the work you do, talk about the work you do, get everybody on the same page and having Notion open because that is the home base for the business that you're running. Small example, we use it here at Shop Talk Show to manage our show calendar. That's one of the things that we have in our Notion. And it's a database, you'd call it. Don't be dissuaded by that term. It's really not that complicated. Uh, It's just kind of like a beefed up Excel spreadsheet in a way. Like I'm looking at it right now in table view and there's a list of dates. What are the shows that we're doing dropping? What's the number of the show? Who's on the show? Who are the sponsors from the show? What's the status of the show? Is it being... uh, Is it upcoming? Is it being recorded but not edited yet? Is it being edited right now? All that information is in our Notion. We also use the Notion API so that you, dear listener, can write in a question to Shop Talk Show. It uses their API and pipes that question right into an incoming questions database in Notion. And then we can drag those questions onto the shows that we're about to do. Now, if that all makes sense to you, you can imagine that is a very adaptable thing to, for any kind of business flow. Now, I described the table view of this database. That same data can be viewed in different ways. With a click of a button, I can turn it into calendar view and be looking at that same data, but as a calendar, or I could view it as like Kanban cards and look at the status of all the different shows in different columns, which shows are in which position. That ability to look at data in Notion in different views and have that be so easy to filter and sort and arrange is the most powerful thing in Notion, I think. Uh, uh, Congrats on the new status thing too. That's a newish feature in Notion that's really powerful and cool. And of course, we're making use of all over the place. Uh, that's notion.com slash shop talk to start for free. 
and take the first step towards organized, productive work and life today. Hey, so, okay, here's my question. You're, you're an agency. Uh, you've mentioned y'all are like building custom tooling and, and kind of starter projects and stuff like that. Why do that? Because, hey, you can pass that cost onto the client and make some money. But what, what, like, what's <laughs> the incentive to like, like build tooling? Well, I, I would say automatically because of the nature of our agency, I, most of our projects are from scratch, ground up, brand new, fully redesigned sites. Uh, you know, every once in a while when a, when a new client comes on, they might need some work done on their existing site, sort of like preliminary to us redesigning and rebuilding a, a new one. But for the most part, we're building everything from the ground up. And so I think the way that we approach our tooling is very much, you know, how much of the of the boilerplate stuff can we get out of the way so that when it is time to focus on building this site, which is going to have all brand new components, all brand new CSS, like we don't do a lot of reusing front end code a little bit here and there, some interactive stuff for sure. But we want to be able to focus on sort of the customness of the thing that that lands in front of us. And so as much that we can get out of the way in our build tooling and make easy and make quick um, is really a big gain for us. For me, some of the tooling stuff is uh, I'm I'll, I'll be honest, I'm lazy. I and I, if I write something twice, I'm like, okay, we're, this is, we've done this twice. We might do it again. Let's just go ahead and have a way to do this. Like, let's figure out what the way to do this is. And then I don't have to write it again because I'm tired of writing it from scratch. Um, Look and at so, you being all practical, waiting for twice, though. That's cool. That's grown up stuff Yeah, have right you considered there. just imagining it? <laughs> And thinking you'll use it a bunch and then like over engineering a solution. Have you considered, you didn't consider that? <laughs> no, no. I, I always wait. I, I, it used to be when I was at, um, I, I used to work for doing like some enterprise software and stuff like that. And my rule there was always the third time you write the abstraction. Um, because if you've done it twice, then the third time it is a pattern at that point. Um, and uh, I've sort of, upgraded that to two for here but a lot of times it's that visually there's a pattern happening like uh the one that i did recently was we have you've I, and you've all experienced this i'm sure is that you scroll down a page and the the header nav at the top like scrolls up off of the page and then when you scroll back up a little bit it pops down from the top right like yeah, that's yeah. A, right classic yeah yeah and it's a, and i did that one i, I did that once and then I was like, okay, cool, did that. And then the second time that I did it, I went, nope, this is going to turn into a function. And so I made a JavaScript function that we can just like drop into anything and then, you know, use it and be like, listen to this, call this function. Um, and it'll do the thing. Uh, because I was like, I'm not, I'm not rewriting this function every single time that we want to do this. And it, you apply a class, you remove a class and that's it. And then the styling is, is what's unique, right? Like how do we style that? How do we do the, that's the part that like is custom to the site, but the functionality of it is like, Oh, just, you know, it, it's either there or not there, like put a class on it or don't, and then figure out what the styling is later. 
Um, and so stuff like that. It's like, I want tooling that it's like, okay, cool. We've figured out this problem elsewhere. So let's make sure that we have it available when we run into it again. And maybe we'll use it for a bit and then maybe designs will change or like the way that you use the web will change and you don't need it anymore and it's still there. So it's available to you if you need it. But like at some point, maybe you get rid of it because it's like, yeah, that's not a pattern anymore. Um, and yeah, so always make it so that you can drop things in, drop, take things out. So one of the things that's obnoxious about uh, about front end right now is is stuff as I think of that and I'm like, "Oh, okay. So there's some maybe you use like data open equals true and data open equals false or something for that header to decide whether it's wh- whether it's going to be visible or not. Or maybe there's a couple attributes because sometimes it's sticky and sometimes it's not or who, who or who knows. But then you're like, "Okay, we're going to use this on a Svelte site or a React site or whatever, even though I we promised you I wouldn't talk about React. But what if React <laughs> says, oh, but not, but in that thing, there's a hamburger menu and I clicked it and that's going to set state and set state's going to decide that the component needs to be re-rendered, but you didn't write this little bar header thing with React in mind. It's just, it's, it's handling its class manipulation by itself. So when it re-renders, whether it does or doesn't have that class, React doesn't care. It's just going to put the default on there. And now you've written this component that like it works, but it doesn't jive with this other framework that I'm using. I think that sucks <laughs> sometimes, you know? In, in those situations, like you, you at least have the framework for like, here's the logic of check to see, have we scrolled down? Have we scrolled up? Have we done this? Have we done that? Okay, cool. Instead of taking in two class names and applying those classes to an element, bring in a bit of state and then say, here's the current state of this thing and return, uh, you know, reactive objects or whatever. So it's like, you can, you can still use that logic and then just change what the effect is essentially i like that i like that because you already learned it what you're really getting out of your your component is that you like you remember what apis you even need and stuff is in that case Mm -hmm. isn't it like a a, some kind of observer and whatever and if 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 all of a sudden you're in a meeting and somebody's like how do you do that again you're not going to remember yeah you're going to be like, oh, crap, it's that weird API that I only use at once every two months. Exactly. But nope, you've already written it once, so it's 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 basically a blog post. Yeah, it's basically <laughs> a blog you. post. I just keep it in a GitHub repo. So. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm an expert at Intersection Observer like three times a year. I'm like the most knowledgeable <laughs> person. Uh Maybe it's every other year. I, I'm just the most knowledgeable person about Intersection Observer. But Well, that just disappears, man. <laughs> it's not my favorite API, even though sometimes it is. You know, Sometimes you're like, wow, that's really clever. But the fact that it disappears from your head doesn't uh, speak volumes to its qual- API quality. You know? I, my, my whole thing is it's, you need to know what's available to you. You need to know what tools you have available. So like know the intersection observer exists and that there's documentation on it. And then you can go read that documentation and become an ex- expert temporarily as mm-hmm. long as you need it. And then once you're done, get rid of it. Other things to think about. Is that kind of like just, uh, again, maybe touching on like being a generalist or, or is this kind of a, 
like use the platform sort of uh, a speech. I don't know. <laughs> your your stream, you have a Twitch stream and you do terrible things. I do terrible the, things. <laughs> you do terrible things. Um with with code. But it is um but I think one thing you always do is try to like, hey, actually, there's like an API for this. I feel like that's like a ke- Alex catchphrase. Yeah. Um, and so, like, what, like, how do you, how do you memorize MDN or at least like the chapter titles of MDN, or how do you oh, stay oh, abreast? Um, well, I, I mean, honestly, I, I, for a long time, getting up to speed, I, I listened to a lot of podcasts, um, and so it was just sort of like being inundated with like here are things that you should learn about. And so it was just reading a lot of documentation. Um, and then I am team. So this is the other thing that makes it easy for me to find documentation about things is that I'm team. No tabs. Uh, I close oh. all my tabs regularly. Wow. Mm. So <laughs> my whole thing is you don't need a link to get back to the thing. You just need to remember what it was you searched for to get to it, or you need to remember like how to ask the question. And so that's the biggest challenge I think for newer people is like finding someone who can teach them the words they need to find the thing. I, that's actually I love that. funny because um, my friend Chase growing up, <laughs> we always be like, how do you know this stuff, dude? And I just, I learned he like is good at Google. And so he could like, he just knew how to do a Google query and I was like, I'm going to be like that. And I learned, you know, enough to, to figure out how to get a good search term, you know, and then I remembered those search terms, you know? So. Yeah, I think I think that totally speaks back to being like one of the benefits of being a generalist is is just sort of like it, you can throw it out of your brain. But the thing that will stick with you is that I did it. You know, I, I once solved that problem. And so then the next time it comes up, you're going to recall at least the amount that you need to get back to the solution you had. Um, you know, you've, you, you, this path is a bit more beaten uh, because I've done it once before or twice before. And, and I think that's, you know, the, the thing that I like to do maybe separate, but related to work is, 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 follow all the new stuff that's coming down and then and then do it in a code pen because that is like step zero of establishing that like putting it on your map and your radar is like i'm gonna just try out this new thing maybe it's only supported in in canary or you know technical preview safari but just like go try it do it or even even just load someone else's code pen that that has already done it and read the code and and like that is step zero for like all these new features that are coming and talking about like that almost like defensiveness that we need to be doing right now because so many new things are about to hit i was just looking at like the release notes for chrome 105 and like good stuff you know we're getting container queries and and has is coming to chrome that's chrome and safari so now we still got to start like getting inching it closer to the center of our radar as far as like okay, is it time to use this on a site? You know, and then like you want to be ready to use it in a production way, you know, when you, when you make that decision. So you want to have like at least a few instances of, of getting familiar with the API under your belt. The CodePen is like, I mean, I don't know. This isn't an ad for CodePen. 
It's good. It's yes, good it enough. <laughs> uh, but the like a uh, like once you have the code pen, you have that right because like you don't always have the client project. This is the client project goes away. It, it uh, gets handed off to various uh, places and and gets destroyed. Frankly, um, but like you know that it's just a a cool. I don't know because that that's yours. You learn that. You put it in a code pen. You now can reference that and recycle that. Like I'm sure your sticky header, uh, like what, what, what are you calling that? Showy Heidi? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think, I, Heidi? I, I, I think it does have a name, doesn't I it? I might actually call it, call it showy height. Like I, I think it's, um, uh, trigger class on scroll or something like that is the name of the actual function. Oh, look at you. Another adult move there, naming it abstractly about what it's, it has nothing to do with the fact that it's a header. It has something that changes classes when something happens. Yep. Ugh, not ugh, I love it. Dicky <laughs> header one two five nine B E. You didn't yeah. try that? that was... I think that was the first implementation. Was 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 cha- was change on scrolly uppy downy or something like that. But then I was like, so, okay, no, let's. But like, I'm sure you scrolly uppy downy. You weren't just like, let me just pull down main and just get to work, right? It was like you you built it somewhere else, right? Like, yeah. Uh, and I think, I feel like, yeah, there was like a code pen first and then that code pen moved over into the code base and then, uh, the, and then like, then on the second time that I saw it, I was like, okay, cool. Let's go get that code that we made before and now abstract it out into a thing that we can just like drop in as a function. Um, and yeah. Yeah. I think, I think starting out, like, especially the WordPress sites getting started can be really tough. And, and it's a bit, a, a bit of a, of a learned trigger for me is that if I, if I sit for too long, sort of dawdling and, and not getting into, to some sort of flow state in, in building what I need to build, I'll, I'll close it all down and I'll jump into something like code pen or, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll just throw up like a V really quick, like V site, like one of their vanilla, uh, uh, templates. If I, if I need it to be a little bit more like, uh, show me the hints and all that stuff but you know get get out of that you know wordpress there it's it's like a big intersection of like okay there's going to be dynamic content so maybe i should go build that content model thing and like name all the variables and then like okay now i got to like populate it with some dummy content now i've got to export some images from the design and like i haven't even written any code for this thing like why don't i just you know use placeholder images and content and just like, let me just focus on the front end HTML, CSS, uh, and maybe there's some JavaScript, but usually it's just the CSS. If I think isolating yourself to just writing HTML and CSS is so like, it can just unlock productivity. You can just go and, and it's important to get into that state. Mm. Yeah. We, the number of times that I'm like, I'm stuck on a thing and Andrew's like, go, just go do it in a code pen. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Let me just go do it in a code pen. Um, it's like the eat your vegetables of, uh, yeah, no, that's, I, I mean, I think I, that's the same. You know, I, uh, I have a, like a half written blog post, but I, I've been starting to think of like code in terms of junctions, you know, like interstate freeway junctions, you know, and all the imports at the top of your JavaScript file are like highways converging and then your exports are like things branching out. And, uh, you know, it, it like, if there's a lot of junctions in a file, like operating on that is very 
costly. Like it's hard. It's expensive. It's like, you're just like, what's going on? Uh, the, the, you know, just like a, one of those spaghetti junctions, like in LA or something like that. It's just like what, this is a mess. This is 10 freeways all coming together. And so, um, so like, like you're saying, like, instead of like operating on the freeway, let's go like, take a step back, figure out what we're doing, come up with a really good plan, uh, for, for what I'm trying to achieve. And then that should just, you know, you can make a more isolated change, you know? So, yeah. And it makes it, it makes it easier to, to do it sort of in that space where you don't have all of the stuff because sometimes we've, I've made some things recently where sometimes I've made it and then I go throw it into WordPress and WordPress has some other stuff that's happening in it. And, that messes with the code that I did. And if I had tried to develop it in that, it would have, I never would have gotten anywhere because it would have just been like, why is this thing happening? It's not working. Why is it not working? Well, I've written something wrong, but I can be like, no, I have proof over here that it works. So there's something weird in my system that is causing it to do this. Um, and so it's easier to like start with the blank slate and move into the full version because sometimes you just run into things that you don't expect. Yeah, like the other day I was making position sticky. I was sticking something to the top, you know, like a little logo-y thing, header, showy Heidi. Uh, but anyway, position sticky. But, you know, it's that. And so I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. I'm good at this. I'm good at my job. I wrote it. And then like it wasn't working. And I was like, what's going on? Well, it's that thing. If anything has overflow hidden or whatever in the parent, sticky doesn't work, you know? And I was just like, dang it. Like, I know that (laughs) I've learned that before, but, but, you know, just like, cause of the junctions now it's like this component was working by itself. But then when I put it in another, like whatever layout component, all of a sudden it didn't work. And I just was like, of course it didn't work. Yeah. But it's just, you know, but again, it's like, I wouldn't know that the isolated change, if I hadn't whatever made a code pen about like, why doesn't this work? You know, 10 years ago, I made a reduced test case that was like, Oh, position messes up sticky. So, or sorry, overflow messes up sticky. Yeah. I think the one I ran into recently was like made a web component and jQuery reads in the entire Dom tree and then spits it back out. And maybe it's like older versions of jQuery or something like that. And so I put a web component into a WordPress site and suddenly I was like, why is this? It's not doing the thing. Why is it not doing the thing? And it's because I needed to, because of the way that jQuery was doing things, I actually needed to listen for a slot change event. Slot change event? Oh man. And I I had to learn about that. And I was like, I have no idea what this is. This is news to me. Okay, cool. What is this? Yeah, no, that one's a... Un, that's that's a deep cut. So, because it's just like, oh yeah, if the slot changes, we can fire an event, but you don't realize that. So, it's weird. It looks like uh, part of what we thought about earlier, we're talking about APIs and that, and now jQuery. I wonder how many of us, even if you haven't written jQuery in a while, could pass like a pretty advanced jQuery quiz. You know, <laughs> we should put one of those together. <laughs> Oh, no, because I bet I bet your like memory retention of jQuery is like really high. I bet I'm good. I'm good for it. I'll ace it. Bring it. We'll do a video. Uh, That's a YouTube. Give me a jQuery quiz. (laughs) Interview me about jQuery. 
the amount of it, stuff that I keep up here, very small. I'm constantly referencing documentation. So uh, anytime that I have to interface with jQuery. What it needs to be is, is, is it jQuery or is it vanilla? That that will throw me. Yes. Because the, it's, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I could not do that. Like actually. dot animate, you know, is exists in both, but they're really different. Because that's the other thing. I think with jQuery, you can actually do, because I think with jQuery, it's f- dot four and you can loop over it. Mm-hmm. But right. Then right. you could also do like dollar selector dot each. for each. And if it's an array, you'd be able to loop over it as well. I don't think you could dot four in jQuery. I don't was think it, that was, it, was, it was only ever dot no, okay, each. Yeah. Once again, I don't, if I don't have documentation open, I'm, it's gone. It is just gone. Yeah. But the funny thing is you didn't need dot each that much in jQuery because there was a lot of that like implied mm-hmm. loop, looping. Oh, God. That I got in your that. mind. I miss that still. That was nice, wasn't it? You could just pass a selector and then just say whatever, like change an attribute. And it was implied that it would change the attributes on everything that it matched without having to write a loop. And Adder awesome. also like did a check to see if you it has the attribute before you set it or get it or whatever. Because if you try to get an attribute that doesn't exist, the Dom just chokes. It's like, I fell over. I, <laughs> I can't do this. Uh, it doesn't exist. And then, uh, but jQuery was like, I got you, buddy. It's just, it's just undefined. Don't worry. So, oh man, there are some great jQuery quizzes. Let's save that. Let's <laughs> save that for, for some but content. Andrew said he was just reading the, the Chrome 105 notes. That is pretty exciting. Chrome, at least Chromium 105. I'm not sure. Does, does Chromium version numbers match Chrome exactly? Yeah, yeah, and they, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. right. Yeah. And so it looks like stable cut August 23rd, stable release August 30th. So we're 26 days as we record, less than that as you listen to this, because it'll take us a a few little time to polish this up and get it out to the world but probably as you listen to this we're within weeks or less of shipping 105 which is big because it's the one i mean how many times have we said container queries on this show we literally stable chrome is going to have it which means that edge is not far behind or identically released which means Android Chrome will have it, which means it's just drops in a whole bunch of places, which normally you'd be like, well, does that really matter? Uh, because, you know, because Safari won't have it or whatever. But Safari is is dropping it, too, although they haven't said exactly when they just it's just really close to ready. And the, the, the big assumption is I don't know if anybody's if this if anybody's ever actually said this, but like Mac OS Ventura is about to drop. Right. Like nobody knows exactly super when, but it'll probably be October. And chances are the version of Safari that drops with that will have it. That's my guess. Mm -hmm. So just like Flexbox and Grid and all that stuff, which somehow miraculously dropped together on the Web, we're going to get has and container queries super weirdly close to each other as far as releases that doesn't include firefox so i don't know what to say about that maybe they'll surprise us all and say it's ready in firefox too but i don't know the beautiful thing about container queries is there's a pretty lightweight polyfill so it doesn't totally rule out shipping them in production but i'm curious about what from an agency perspective do you think you're gonna do it yeah Oh yeah. It, <laughs> yes. It, these, I, <laughs> the, 
these two features are going to change a lot about how we write our front end code. Uh, and, and I think in a, in a better way, uh, and like, and when I was talking about like being ready to hit the ground running with features, like I was really thinking about these two features. Like there are some that you can sort of lag on, uh, th that are a bit minor, but these, these are going to be big deal, especially in like world of like building design systems, which is sort of also a new thing that we're, we're really hitting full force right now. It, you know, container queries on design systems solves a lot of problems uh, around like context and like here's here's a very modular thing. But hey, where am I going to put it? Am I going to put it in a grid? Am I going to put it? You know, is it going to be full screen, full width? Uh, it solves a lot of those issues. You don't have to ask those questions anymore. You just need to see what it looks like at a certain width. And no matter what context it's in, it's going to do that. Yeah. Well, and even like you can like progressively enhance, Hey, remember that stuff, but it's like, mm -hmm. guess what? You get the mobile one. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. You get the mobile one and it's going to look fine, but the cooler ones on a newer browser. Duh. Done. So. Yeah, we uh, I've I've definitely had conversations with our designers because that's that's sort of the bottleneck with all of this is that like some of these things are you need to have designer buy in for them uh, with some of these new features where it's like, OK, I know that you're used to designing an entire page, but think about how this block should look at this size and at this size, right? And don't worry about the rest of the page. Just think about how that block looks at these two sizes and like getting them thinking about it that way so that then when they're using their design language for it, it translates to these new features. Um, and so that's sort of where like we've started having those conversations with our designers, um, but getting them on board with like using, like knowing that these new features exist and that they can use them is uh, the, the, the struggle is kind of where we're at. Well, and it takes, I think Jason uh, Grigsby's on it. He, you know, talking about design tooling doesn't really reflect like as good as Figma is, it doesn't quite reflect like a squeezy browser, you know, the, the mm -hmm. accordion of life as I like to call it, you know, um, they don't, you know, so it's, it's, it's close. It's close. It's good. It's way better than it was, but it doesn't quite get us. It's not fully there, you know? So, well, cool. Um, I do know we're coming up against a hard stop, but yeah. Should we wrap it up? Cause I feel like if we start another yeah, topic, yeah. like, uh, what's up with Nux three, which I really wanted to get into, because <laughs> that's like eighty percent of all the the entire Discord is just like, hey guys, bad news about Nux three, or let me know. But it's anyway. I don't. We just don't have time for it. I don't think. But uh, anyway, okay. So I'm gonna cut it here. I'm gonna snap it here because anyway, that could be the rest. Uh, we'll take it back up in Discord. But uh, I guess just the standard outro here for people who aren't following you and giving you money. How can they do that? We'll start with Andrew. You can find me on Twitter at Walpolia. It's my last name first initial. Uh, and then Andrew I don't think there's any way to give me money, but 
uh, hey, you know, if your company needs a new brand, check out Traina, where we are, Traina.com. Nice. And uh, you do some uh, 3D printing on the side, so follow, follow. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 So. Andrew's 3D printed for me before. It's I. We can see. You can't see this, listener, but he's got like three or four machines behind him. Like, And I think you probably <laughs> pause them for the show. Otherwise, they'd just yep. be like churning. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I see the beds are like filled with half grown models is beautiful okay alex how can uh, people follow you and give you money uh i am most places on the internet as fimion f-i-m-i-o-n and uh, i stream on twitch i try to stream every tuesday and thursday it hasn't been happening lately because i've been traveling but um you can find me there you can also find me on enjoy the view which is a view based podcast where we sometimes complain about next three um <laughs> and uh <laughs> You can check us out there and uh, give us a follow at Enjoy the View Cast. Awesome. Yeah. Wonderful podcast. And uh, yeah, uh, thank you, dear, for y'all. Thank y'all for coming on. But thank you, dear listener, for thank downloading you. this in your podcaster of choice. Starheart Favorite Up. That's how people find out about the show. I was cruising the reviews the other week. And uh, just anyway, thank y'all for the wonderful reviews. They're really funny. You guys inserted the word tractor beam appropriately i really appreciate it so and then um uh and then uh yeah uh follow us on twitter at shop doc show for 10 tweets a month and um yeah join us in the discord patreon.com slash shop doc show chris you got anything else you'd like to say hello shop talk show.com thanks that was awesome bye bye